0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I'm your host for today, Wit Lopez, and I'm sitting here with my guest, Heather Raquel Phillips. Heather is a multidisciplinary artist whose body of work spans video, photography, textiles, objects, and performance. Welcome to the show, Heather.
1: Hi, Wit. Thank you.
0: Yee, I'm so excited. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> So um, Heather is an artist who I've worked with before. We actually had a duo show last year at Space 1026 called Sloppy Seconds. It was just us curating work from our personal bodies of work that were in conversation with each other in the gallery space. So last November, Heather, you were uh, showing work at the Leather Archives and Museum in Chicago could you tell us a little bit more about the work that you had there and everything that went on there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I think that was kind of an overlap right around um, when we had our show. And um, I went out, I was invited by um, Jose Santiago Perez, who was creating this program at the time for visiting artists who worked in video to show their work for the month of whatever month they were invited for. So for me, I was invited for November. Um, I came out for the first weekend, the opening weekend, and he set up a talk between myself and the visiting scholar to the Leather Archives. So they have a fellowship every year um, with a scholar who can come in and however much they want, do the research in the archives, but they also have this big, beautiful theater. And um, so there was kind of a condensing of these two things. I don't know if that program is actually going to continue, but um, I'm really happy I got to be a part of it and I got to see my work uh, in that space, in that context.
0: That's amazing. I think that's really great. I think it's great that you got to see your work in that way too. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really love about your work is that you create documentary and conceptual art at the same time, and they seem to be in conversation with one another. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit more about your process and your ideas and how they kind of meld in that way?
1: Yeah. um, I think, you know, since I started making work, um, blends-based work, um, I've been working this way. More or less um, and I finally have gotten to the point where I think my my work is so streamlined um, that it really um, it's really connected both those ends so the documentary end um, and the conceptual end are are kind of offering information back and forth where the documentary becomes part of the research for the conceptual work. Um, so at the moment, uh, my two different projects are um, one which uh, was funded by the Leeway, um, I'm going to say it wrong.
0: Leeway Foundation?
1: Yeah, but the, um, it was an art and change grant from the Leeway Foundation. So that was a project that um, took me. Into the leather community in the Mid Atlantic area um, to connect with people of color, who um, would be then photographed as well as um, documented by video. So, so kind of moving into actual um, video documentary, which I haven't tried before, um, and an interviewing people to to hear about their experience. Um, you know positive and negative within historically white spaces um and how you know they felt or made space for themselves or where they did that so as i was making that i also um wound up making a conceptual film uh called thirst trap which is a continuation of this other work that i've been doing which is very Um, conceptual work but it's based in um, liberation queer liberation Um, it is uh, all giving a nod to um, kink and uh, the fluidity of sexuality um, of gender expression of um people's desire, um, so so these two things kind of, they go hand in hand in a way, um, which is really great for me. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to say about that, but.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Um, so what are some of the other topics that you explore with your work? You mentioned kink, leather, queerness. I know I've seen some work with hair. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the work with hair. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit more about the topics that you explore through your
1: work? Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I've been working kind of in this, like, this framework for a couple years now. Um, so it seems like such a distant thing for me. Um, but there there was a kind of like a th- A different way that I was working um, more recently and that I'd like to return to which is kind of really like a really introspective place Um, so very very personal work um, as a form of um, I hate to say it but as a form of like therapy um, as a form of exploring my own Feelings and uh, and then translating them into uh, a visual uh, or into um, an object or into, say, sound. Sound is really important to my video work as well. Um, so th- you know that's always been part of my practice. Um, a large part of the history of my practice was um, working with the body. Um, really portrait-based photography um, and working with myself as the subject for a long time. Um, So you'll still see me in the films that I make today, Um, in both of those documentary and conceptual projects, but I feel like my part is a little less important in those works. Um, And it's really back to, um, I just, I have the, capability to work with myself because I'm always available right (laughs) you know so like I I have to show up um (laughs) the flip side of that is I don't have to show up either because it's my work so um but but yeah anyway so um that the self I'm using myself it's still there but it's it's just not it's not as much of my practice as it used to be, and I think anybody who knows my work knows that work well um, but yeah i mean i th- I think my my topics and exploring of like sexuality they branch out into all these other areas um you know, including the hair pieces um, and it branches out into me making just objects when I'm thinking about something um, but I don't know that I have really any other projects that are kind of current that thematically go out of that place.
0: So going back to your documentary work, how do you find the folks that you interview for these documentary pieces? Um,
1: Most of the people are people I have a personal relationship with. Um, as a member of the leather community. So I formed relationships with, um, you know, people up and down uh, in the Mid-Atlantic area. Um, So, you know, on a trip to New York, which, you know, this is how I've collected the images. um, I've made time to sit down and do these interviews and take these photographs or I'll go to a leather event and ask somebody, you know, hey, if you have a minute, can I take your photograph for this project? Um, so, some I don't interview all of the subjects for the video, but I I have photographed many people, and that's been easiest for me to do at these events. Um, and otherwise, uh, you know, because to photograph somebody in their full gear also means to ask somebody to do something that is kind of Mm. labor-intensive on a quote-unquote day off. Definitely. And not everybody is interested in doing that, and some people are, you know? So it just, um, you know, I think last year I photographed uh, a man in full cow outside in Old City, Philadelphia. And it, I mean, it must've been, it must've been 15 degrees. I don't know, you know?
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And he's wearing, you know, full leather, um, short sleeves. Oh yeah. Formals. And, you know, it's like he, I didn't want to go out. I did not want to go out (laughs) in that weather, but he would, he wanted to get photographed. So I I had to respect that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's commitment. It is. And, um, but but yeah, so that was that was kind of a it's more of a rare situation um, of both get both getting somebody um, outside of an event altogether and getting somebody who wanted to go out in this really really um, horrible kind of inclement weather and and still go through with it. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, just um, reaching out to people. I know that I. I really wanted to get them involved and then kind of letting it organically go the direction that it needed to go. That's
0: fantastic. So what got you started with documentary work and conceptual art? And did it start at different times for you? Like, you know, were you interested in conceptual art first and then documentary or documentary and conceptual? Or was it something that came at the same time?
1: I'd say um, because I've been a practicing artist, um, I say that maybe like a practicing artist with a lowercase a uh, since (laughs) I was a child, right? So this is always what I was gonna do. Um, That the conceptual end, um, albeit maybe not always, conceptual with a capital C, right? So so by the time I had a conceptual practice, um, it wasn't long before I needed the balance of having the documentary end of it. And, um, and I think it's important to note, which I haven't, but kind of connects us and circles us back to the Leeway Foundation um, Art and Change Grant, is that those documentary projects have always been based on social change. So um, it began um, with a project called Mixed uh, in about 2007, maybe I began that project, maybe 2006, and um, has transformed into different different projects throughout the years. I did one based on the crime rate, and, uh in Philadelphia, um, focusing on um, victims and the memorials left behind. Um, trying to think of what else I've done, but um, but anyway, those those subjects in the documentary area um, have have kind of had that purpose of. Um, giving giving more visibility to um, a matter that I care about, um, to a public eye, or, or at least to um, a crowd that would be in an art event. Um, and, um, and then also they have continually kind of pushed me back into the conceptual work, um, which seems to drive that in a way. But the balance of those two spaces really Um, helps me to balance my own space which is a little bit like you know I need to kind of be all over the the place in 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 order for me to concentrate on a project
0: Hmm. so I I really love your conceptual work um some of it reminds me a little bit of the surrealism that's present in shows like Twin Peak or like or uh the work of David Lynch like Mulholland Drive even um just these moments where it's like okay this is a real setting this is a real place mm-hmm. right like uh your one video where it's someone in a bar but then it become it very quickly becomes very surreal mm-hmm. and and I absolutely love that I love work that makes you feel like you're in reality and out of reality at the same exact time. So could you tell us a little bit more about who your influences are, if you have any? You can be like, I don't have any.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I won't be offended. (laughs) 110% original. No influences at all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I love that you understand that part of my work um, because I've talked to so many people... Um, you know, uh, well versed artists that um, have looked at my work and said, "I don't know what I'm looking at, but I like it." Um, to people who can break it down into little pieces, and and um, my work, I want to be uh, democratic in a way. I want people to be able to touch on it, to relate to it, and to feel it, no matter where they stand um, in relationship to uh, contemporary art. But um, my influences, and I get compared to Lynch all the time.
0: Is that a bad thing?
1: I find it to be a compliment.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, um, I did not watch Twin Peaks um, originally or when it came out recently. I tried to um, more recently than not, and I, I just, I don't know. I didn't do it. I couldn't do it for some reason. That's real. Yeah. And I, I've only seen a couple of his films. So I think it's interesting that so consistently through the years, people have told me, you remind me of Lynch. I see a lot of Lynch in your work. Um, John Waters, people see immediately. Mm. Um, and he's probably my biggest influence um, because he's my favorite filmmaker. And um, I've spent you know so much time watching his films growing up. And can repeat all these like ridiculous li- like they're they're <laughs> part of my psyche now, you know. So I don't think I'd even have control over that. But I also think that Waters and I work. We work very similarly. Um, we both work within networks, or at least when he began, um, within networks of people that we know and are friends with, um, and kind of outside of like. Uh, outside of uh, that space that seems real, I guess. You know, um, everything that I'm recording when I'm working with people that I know is a little bit real and a little bit surreal. Um, It it does visit the absurd. Um, So you will, as a viewer, look at something and see this kind of thing that is real, but then it will quickly turn into, like, okay what is happening here what is you know what's going on and then it'll and then it'll just take it away from you um so you know i kind of like that you you can put your finger on it and then you can't and then you like almost do and then it slips away um but um john waters big influence um i I don't know who else to to say really um you know, some of my favorite filmmakers are um Jarmusch and um Russ Meyer and uh oh, who else have I really um but but artist wise it's kind of hard because the the visual end of it um the still end of it uh the photographers um they kind of uh they come and go kind of just like my um my work has changed conceptually so at a time it was cindy sherman you know she was uh so super influential in um my work as a person who is working with myself as subject so often you know um and and i guess i'm just stating kind of the obvious because um people will look at my work and say oh yes well you're cindy sherman you know um (laughs) you know which is something i used to hear now it's Mm. david lynch or john Waters. so um you know all these things have a little bit of truth in them and uh and i'm okay with that because i like all these people you know (laughs) or their work rather
0: definitely no i'm i'm a big fan so yeah it's wonderful like i really did love that film, and I I apologize, I can't remember the name of it, uh, with the king eating the beans. Oh,
1: Enema of the People. (laughs) Released on, released on the presidential election day. Very dark times.
0: (laughs) Oh, goodness, I I absolutely love that name, Enema of the People. if y'all have not seen this film, this video by Heather, please find a way to bring her to your gallery so you can be blessed <laughs> by, <laughs> by the enema of the people. Um, so so that's your conceptual work, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any influences for your documentary work, or what brought you to that place? Um,
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what brought me to that place except for that. There is just something that I feel um, is really important about having a voice as an artist um, to use it in a responsible way. And I think, you know, if I wasn't making that work, I would probably look around, even with my conceptual body of work, which I also think is about liberation. if I wasn't kind of speaking directly to some um, cause, I don't know why I'm saying cause, but to some subject that I care about, then I would feel like maybe I wasn't doing the right thing. Like I think that's the way I can reach people. And to only do that in those ambiguous moments of conceptual work is not fair and it's not right.
0: Hmm. Thank you, that's really great. Uh, Do you have any upcoming events or shows?
1: Um, Right now I have some work in Goggle Works in Reading, uh, which is a Napoleon group show Um, and Napoleon is the artist run gallery space that I belong to. So we have a group show out there and that runs till I believe February 15th or 16th And then I don't have anything on the books until October, and that's when I have um, the Napoleon Gallery Space to show my work, and and I'm going to make uh, collaborative work with Keenan Bennett, who I've done collaborative work with in the past.
0: Wonderful, thank you. Mm -hmm. And how about the projects that you're working on? Uh, do you want to share? I mean, you don't have to go into detail. Mm-hmm. I don't want people in your business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, what are you are you expanding any of your films? Are you working on new films in a series? Any new photos in a series? Are you expanding your hair project? Just <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I am currently. Um, developing characters for um, another conceptual film that will be in the um, vein of uh, sex extracurricular activity and thirst trap and enema of the people. So um, extending past that using, um, you know, a lot of the same people that have been involved in the other films. And I'm hoping to make a really long film. You know, the last one I did in two months and it was 35 minutes and and before that it was uh, one month and it was 20, 15 minutes. So I'm thinking, what if I actually worked through the winter and planned this out over the course of, say, three months before I started filming? Um, how long could I get a conceptual film to be? And I'm really curious. As how long could I get somebody to sit and watch that film? I mean, that's kind of more of my curiosity, to be honest. I would watch it. So at least you'll have one person there. It happened if one person saw it. Make sure you take a picture. But yeah, that work, um, that work's I plan on you know, continuing to ex- extend that so long as I can. It's a lot of fun for me, and it's a lot of fun for my friends, um, which is really important to me. Um, they really look forward to it, and we have a really good time collaborating um, on their characters and, and their scenes. But um, the documentary project um, that I've been working on um, for Leeway, or not for Leeway, the Leeway-funded project um I am just I just finished editing all of the photos and I am starting to edit the video, um but I also would like to continue on with that in a larger, broader stroke, say. Um broader than just the mid Atlantic area. Um so going to events that um where I would be more in contact with um, people living across the country or even internationally. I'm more interested in people living uh, in the United States. But um, I'm also interested in um, possibly spending more time at the Leather Archives and Museum in Chicago in order to kind of further my research around um, Leather and, and who I should be talking to who is still available, who um, has a place more historically, uh, rather than um, whose present tense uh, involved. And I think uh, that, that voice would be really interesting because um, there are people of color within that history that you know, um, still make their way out to events and, and still hold a place within the community that's important Um, you know, pillar, pillar pillar-like places. So um, still kind of working, like, I guess, on the same stuff, you know, the documentary and the, uh, I don't have really anything super new um, that I'm thinking about. Um, But, you know, I never know. I mean, I work the way I do in the mediums that I do so that, you know, when the... uh, Wind blows me in a certain direction. That I know um, which way I should take. Um, you know, should I make an object? Should I make a film about it? Should I make a photograph about it? Um, and these, you know, these currents, I can't ever know at the moment if they're not, you know, um, directing me. So, so wherever it goes, I'm, I'm willing to pick up and and do the work.
0: That's wonderful, and what such wonderful work it is. Heather, so I know that you also do some work as a teaching artist. Mm -hmm. So do you have any words of encouragement or just anything, any advice, suggestions, tips, thoughts that you would give to a young developing artist or emerging artist who also works in film or objects, performance, video, Mm -hmm. photo?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean I think the important thing is is to um, to not get so caught up in the end result. Um, keep experimentation in your practice um, keep the the joy of making work in your practice. Um, you can do research and think about things and And, um, but when you go to make things, let that stuff go and just be, you know, um, that, that is the gift we get as artists. I mean, we certainly don't get, you know, um, a financially secure, (laughs) you know, um, (laughs) you know, we don't get those perks necessarily as easily, but, but we do have the freedom that people search for in life Mm. to, um, to, to be creative and to, be free in that way, um, and so, so I, I'd say lean into that and work hard, you know, like this is, this is a path, and um, we have to also take it seriously and work. You know, an artist is somebody who is honing their craft, right, it's, I can't sit around on my hands and use work from five years ago and feel like I'm doing anything um, or call myself an artist. I think we have to like keep working, keep experimenting, um, trying the next thing and uh, not getting too set into um, specifics, you know, being willing to to kind of move out of comfort zones. Um, If we don't, then, then the work gets stale and we get stale and we will be unhappy you know, an artist who isn't making, who isn't meeting that space in their uh, spirit is is a pretty miserable thing. Thank you so much for those words of
0: wisdom. Truly appreciate it, Heather. And thanks for tuning in to TGMR, the galleries at Moore Radio, a public art talk radio station broadcasting from the Moore College of Art and Design. This is Whit Lopez, and I'm out for the day. Bye, y'all.